It all started with a gunshot. November 13, 1974 will be a day that will forever go down in infamy as being connected to one of the most notorious murders to have occurred. Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr. committed the act of cold-blooded murder in the quiet little village of Amityville, New York. With a .35 Marlin rifle, he went through the entire house and killed a sleeping family. Gone were two loving parents and their four children. Ronald played it off as if he knew nothing about the murders. He said he didn't do it. Then he changed his tune. He said the voices told him to. Demons. The 13 months that followed later would become one of the most documented case of paranormal activity in the world. All with the single purchase of this beautiful house by an unsuspecting family, the Lutzes. On this week's episode, join Lindsay and I as we take this wild ride into the Amityville Horror House. Lindsay! <laughs> episode seven. Seven. <laughs> episode seven. Of Gozoni Mayas. I'm Sarah. And I'm Lindsay. And this episode today is, I think it's going to be a really good one. I'm, I'm excited. I literally say that I think every episode I'm always like, it's going to be a really good one. It, they are. They are They're really good, good stories. Ones. They are really good stories. But I think I put a whole bunch of like, I put a lot into this one. Like Jesus, it's. Jesus, I see that. It's like six pages. So I really, whoa, whoa. boy, I really went into it. And. I have crime scene photos. Do you really? I do. What the heck? I do have okay, crime scene photos. Bro. I see. <laughs> well, because like the Amityville horror, like it's like, you know, you've heard of it, right? Yeah, I've heard of it. So it, it's like a big, everybody knows about it. It's been mm-hmm. like several movies. Um, you know, it's a, it's a crazy experience that they went through. And I mean, it's, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. So, okay, from the beginning. Let's go. <clears throat> the DeFeos lived at 112 Ocean Avenue in a beautiful and quiet little village called Amityville, which is located in the town of Babylon in New York. The family lived in that beautiful two-story white Dutch colonial house for nine years up until the notorious day of November 13th, 1974. A little background history on family life. Ronald DeFeo Sr. was known to be a domineering and abusive man, and Louise, his wife, was just the background noise. Ronald, or Butch DeFeo Jr., I like to call him Ronnie. I call him Ronnie through the whole thing, so. Um, He was the firstborn son to Ronald Sr. and Louise, followed by 18-year-old Don, 13-year-old Allison, 12-year-old Mark, and 9-year-old John Matthew. Ronnie, as a child, was troubled due to the way his father was, and it followed him all the way to young adulthood. As most troubled teens do, Ronnie began to rely on drugs and alcohol to keep him afloat and help numb his pains at home. Eventually, he began to lash out physically to his family, even threatening his father with a gun. And what did the DeFeo parents do? Well, they shower him with gifts. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm guessing, hopefully thinking that it would help Ronnie to keep happy and away from trouble. Um, but Ronnie was even given a job with his father and it was at the family owned, uh, auto dealership, but he rarely showed up. So he kind of just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And he kind of just, you know, they like really tried to keep him happy, really tried to keep him, you know, like kind of stuck on something and he just really didn't give a shit. So 
on that frightful day in 1974, it wasn't weird for 23-year-old Ronnie DeFeo to leave work early. He went to meet with friends at a bar, constantly calling his house to no answer and complaining about it to anyone and everyone who would listen. Eventually, he would leave. Ronnie did return later at 6.30 a.m. screaming, You gotta help me! I think my mother and father are shot! Some patrons rushed out of the bar to go and provide help for Ronnie and his family, only to be struck with the horrors that lay inside the residence at 112 Ocean Avenue. I'm already getting Ooh. chills. I'm just, just reading my stuff and I'm getting chills. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do, Ronnie? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So that's what I labeled this as. Are you ready? Yes. All six bodies of the DeFeo family were found in their beds, positioned on their stomachs, the victims appeared to be shot with a high-powered rifle at around 3.15 a.m. No. It was estimated that it took 15 minutes for the act to be completed. What? The weirdest thing about the bodies was that there was no signs of any struggle present on the bodies or evidence that they were drugged. No neighbors who were awake at the time reported hearing gunshots. Yeah. Only the DeFeo's family dog barking in the night. That's odd. Dude, okay, so That's that gives me really weird. The absolute fucking chills because all six of the bodies were positioned on their stomachs. None of them were woken up from mm. the from the gunshots. And you've heard you've had a Ooh, I got goosies. <laughs> <laughs> you've heard gun I mean gunshot yeah. it's it's loud as fuck, oh, dude. Yeah. Like your ears are ringing, especially in like a uh, closed <laughs> you're still getting fuck. And a closed wow. house, you know, like Calm down. And a closed house, like, how did it not wake them up? I don't know. That that always freaks me the fuck out when I think about it. But, hmm. okay, so, as with any investigation, when something like that happens, yeah. uh, police begin to ask Ronnie some questions, asking him where and what he was doing that night. Uh, Ronnie started off by saying that he was at work and then went to the bar. Uh, bullshit. They caught on to that. They're all like, ah, you're so full of shit. Yeah. Uh, his alibi doesn't, he doesn't work uh, due to the fact that the murder t- took place before 6 a.m. Obviously, he then quickly changed his story along with several more times during the Amityville investigation. Yeah. So he continuously keeps changing his stories and keeps making up some kind of different bullshit. Yeah. Uh, just to try to fucking save himself. So uh ronnie tried everything to blame the murders on someone else even saying that a mob hitman by the name of louis fellini had killed his family but fellini had one thing ronnie did not have which was a solid out-of-state alibi Mm -hmm. finally uh ronnie gave in it was him he confessed he was the one who killed his family and this is quoting ronnie this is what he said once i started i just couldn't stop it went so fast. Wow. <clears throat> Ronnie stated that after everything was done, he took a bath, redressed, and then went to work. Ronnie also pointed out to police where he discarded his rifle and the bloodstained clothes. So, this is the trial. On October 14th, 1974, Ronald DeFeo Jr. stood trial for the murders of his family, only to have his attorney try an, an insanity plea stating that Ronnie had heard voices who told him to kill his family. The defense went on to say that Ronnie had disassociative identity disorder 
and another personality took over his body to kill his family. Prosecutors called bullshit. Yeah, that is bullshit. And a psychiatrist argued that Ronnie actually had an antisocial personality disorder and wasn't possessed by spirits or his own mind. But simply, he didn't care what was right or wrong. He killed his family simply because he wanted to. Uh, a jury convicted Ronnie on six counts of second-degree murder and sentenced that stupid motherfucker six concurrent sentences of 25 years to life. So, Whoa. fuck him and fuck everything because he deserved every bit of that. Yeah. Absolutely. I think if, if he was in Texas, he would have gotten, he would have gotten the electric chair. Yeah, he would have he okay. would have he would have rode on old sparky he would have taken that ride Jesus. but uh they give him yeah they give him that yeah so this is the aftermath uh at some point ronnie still tries changing his story and states that his sister dawn had killed their fa- their father and that their, their distraught mother killed all of the siblings yeah and in this case the way that ronnie is saying it that he would had only killed one person and that would have been his mother if that was the story right. Uh, in 1990, Ronnie then changed his story again and stated <clears throat> that he had Dawn shoot everyone before he then takes her life. Uh, some people do say that there is evidence that shows that there was a second shooter, but there is no denying that Ronald DeFerro Jr. was definitely there and witnessed the mass murder of his own family. Wow. I also watched like an hour uh, documentary about it, and there is this one point where they said that they thought that ronnie and don had like some kind of incestual relationship which is why they think that he was able to get her to actually kill the family and then he 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 kills her i don't know there's just a there's a whole bunch of like theories out there yeah really there's just a whole bunch of theories Hmm. so here is the haunting 13 months later a new family moved into what was once the defeo house the Lutz family, which included George Lutz, Kathleen, their two sons, Daniel, Christopher, and their young daughter, Missy. Mm-hmm. The Lutz family purchased the house for only $80,000 in December of 1975, which is well under market price and for that time. how big is this house? It's huge. It's like a two-story house. They have like a boathouse for it where you can have your boat. I mean, it's, it's massive. Yeah. I'll show you. I'll show you. The Lutz family was provided the information of what had happened there not only 13 months before buying the home, but it was such a great deal. Who could say no? They literally talked about it, George Lutz and Kathleen Lutz, and they were like, okay, this is what happened. Like, do we feel comfortable taking this house? And they were like, fuck it, whatever. It's a a nice house, so why not? It was $80,000. That's so fucking cheap uh, for what you get. But spoiler alert, the Lutz family only lived there in their house that house for 28 days what they moved in on december 18th 1975 and fled on january 14th 1976 28 days dude so kathleen did what any smart person would do what i would fucking do Mm -hmm. when moving into a goddamn murder house uh which was immediately get the house blessed by Mm -hmm. a priest on december 13th 1975 which is a day after they bought the house. Now, if you know anything about the Amityville Horror House or the story, uh, whether it be from, there was a book that was written by Jay Anson, which I read uh, a long time ago. I think I actually have it. And it was really good. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. that kind of like, you know, scare the shit out of you. Yeah. Um, and then there are many movies afterwards that were filmed. There is an I- iconic scene 
in the house where there's a priest and he's like blessing the house and there's like so many fucking flies and there's flies all over Mm. him and stuff like that and then you see like a cross that is on the wall and then all of a sudden it turns over and it's like an upside down cross and then there's something demonic in that in the room and it's like telling him get up you know like all this kind of stuff like that so they were able to track down the actual the actual priest who went into that room Mm -hmm. on that very day december 13th and who was the one who actually blessed the house so this is what actually happened okay uh one newspaper was able to track him track him down his name was father ralph Picaro. uh he blessed the house for the lutzes and this is in his own words what he experienced i was blessing the sewing room it was cold it was really cold in there i'm like well gee this is peculiar yeah. because it was a lovely day out and it was winter yes but it didn't account for that kind of coldness i was also sprinkling holy water and i heard a rather deep voice behind me saying get out it seemed so directed towards Ooh. me that i was really quite startled i felt a slap at one point on my face it felt somebody slapped me and there was nobody there that's what he said although he never mentioned anything about being swarmed by a large number of flies, but he did say that when he left the house, he discovered unexplained blisters festering on his hand. But the occurrence with Father Picaro were, was only the beginning for what the Lutz family would have endured for that 28 days. There was a massive amount of weird things going on, even before the Lutz family could even get settled in. Uh, the very same day that they moved in, the family's black Labrador, Harry, Mm-hmm. literally jumped over their fence and strangled himself with his leash mm. yeah george was able to save the dog before he could have any real physical harm done george stated that it was odd for the dog to behave in that way i mean that's fucking weird yeah um on the nights after they moved in george would wake up at approximately three fifteen, the time the murders mm-hmm. of the defeos took place feeling restless uneasy and hearing strange noises George himself would say that he got very sick in the house and had lost a lot of weight. Something was affecting his body and his personality. George became aggravated very easily. He would snap at the family, which was very out of the ordinary for him. Mm -hmm. One significant thing George felt was cold. He could not get warm in the house. While the rest of the family around him were comfortable, George was freezing. George would spend hours outside chopping wood for fires. Wow. Kathy was starting to experience unexplained phenomena as well. She said that one day she felt she had been embraced by a woman. When Kathy told George about this experience, she was incredibly frightened. Kathy also stated that after waking from a deep sleep, her face was that of an old hag that took hours to dissipate. Ooh. But even more unnerving was their daughter Missy's friend. What about her? Missy described the friend as an angel living in her room who went by the name of Jody. Jody would come to Missy in the form of a giant pig, but it could change shape and format at will. Jody would tell Missy that it was glad she was there and that Missy was going to be living there forever. Oh. George and Kathy claimed to have witnessed two red eyes peering in at them from the upstairs bedroom window. Missy believed it was Jody wanting to come inside. dude that gave me like the biggest chills holy shit i hate okay so the priest went and blessed the house did he tell the family what he had felt i'm guessing he did 
that's just very odd that you know you would uh encounter stuff like that being slapped and Mm -hmm. you know and for him to just move along and just go ahead and leave and they stay there Mm -hmm. and we don't know if they he told them or not well okay so i think he did tell them what was going on but I don't think any of them really... Um, I guess after putting your money into something like that... Yeah. It, I mean... You, you really don't have... Like, that was all of their life savings, yeah. all of their money. They put everything into it. They moved their whole family mm-hmm. all the way over there. Like, even if I had a priest come up to me and tell me, like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. I feel like I would kind of... I don't know, dude. It, yeah. It's a big house. Like, I don't... I, I feel like they had no choice. They had to stay there. They had to stay there. So this is okay. the final day. Uh, when people ask what happened the night the, fa- the Lutz family decided to leave the house, they hesitate. In an interview with George back in 2009, he said, I was laying in bed and everyone was asleep. And Kathy lips, lifts up off the bed and starts to slide away from the bed and away from me. I feel something get in the bed with us. I'm unable to move. I hear the kids' beds continually slamming up and down on the floor and being dragged. We heard these pigeons on the air conditioner top overhead from the master bedroom, bathroom, and they're fluttering all night long, and yet there are no pigeons there the next morning or any nests of anything like that. The lights flickered. We brought the dog up to stay right by the bedroom. We tied him right next to the doorknob, and he's up, going in circles and throwing up all night. The boys came down in the morning, obviously frightened. They were unable to get down to me, and I was unable to get up to them. Missy came in and just asked what that was all about. Kathy had no memory of it. That day, we spent trying to get a hold of Father Ray, and he said all the right words. Wow. But they also say that that day when they were trying to get a hold of Father uh, Father Ray, that there was no he there was no way they could get a hold of him and like apparently he had tried to get a hold of them because i guess like in his own spiritual way like he knew what was happening uh but he couldn't get a hold of them like there was no way he could get yeah you know uh, relay the message so um they do have investigations going on in the house like kathy and george they do get people to go in to the house so i've tried figuring out when exactly george contacted paranormal investigators sometimes it says it was soon after they left the house other state state that it happened while the family was living at the at the residence um either way stephen kaplan a self-styled vampirologist and ghost hunter was called in to investigate the house van helsing yeah (laughs) Um, Kathleen or Kaplan and the Lutzes had a falling out after Kaplan said that he would expose any fraud that was found. Mm. 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 On the night of March 6, 1976, the house was investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren. Do you know who they are? A famous husband and wife team self-described as demonologists. Together with the crew from the television station Channel 5 New York and reporter Michael Linder of WNEW-FM, during the course of investigation, Gene Campbell took a series of infrared time-lapse photos. One of the images allegedly showed a demonic boy 
with glowing eyes who is standing at the foot of a staircase. I've seen this photo and it's scary as fuck. (laughs) Oh, it's going to give you the fucking creeps, dude. The photo did not emerge into the public domain until 1979 when George and Kathy Lutz and Rod Steiger appeared on the Merv Griffin show to promote the release of the first film. In 2005, Lorraine Warren, RIP, she passed away last year, Mm. uh, conducted a quick interview about the investigation that took place at the Amityville residence. The interviewer asks, what do you think happened in that house? In which Warren simply states, evil, evil. It's the personification of evil. How evil can personify itself. How it can be attracted in certain situations. Warren went on to talk about going up into the second floor of the residence, and she got to the top of the stairs and said, I hope this is as close to hell as I'll ever get. Mm. 112 Ocean Avenue was also investigated by the world-famous and bad boy, I like to say, of parapsychology, parapsychologist Professor Hans Holzer. The Warrens and Professor Holzer had suggested that the house is occupied by malevolent spirits due to its history. Professor Holzer conducted his own investigation with his own medium, who was able to connect with a Native American chief. Professor Holzer stated that the house had been built on sacred Native American burial ground and that the chief wasn't too fucking happy about it. And so what do we know about Native American burial grounds when we fucking mess with them? A lot of bad shit happens. A lot of bad shit happens, okay? A lot of fucking crazy shit. Damn. So, this is about the infamous picture, about the little demonic boy picture. Okay. It's a little background. Uh, Gene Campbell was a professional photographer working for the Warrens. Campbell had set up a camera equipped with black and white infrared film to shoot automatically during the night. Numerous rolls of film were used, with only one suspicious image being captured. The Amityville ghost image shows a figure with white eyes peering out of a doorway. Some believe that it is a demon, or possibly the ghost of the murdered DeFeo boy, John Matthew. Others have concluded that it is likely one of the investigators, in particular a man named Paul Bartz. They cite that his white eyes were possibly due to the infrared camera film. The boy in the picture was leaning out of a particular room. It was Missy's bedroom. George even asked Missy if she recognized the little boy in the photo, which Mm -hmm. she said, yeah, that's the little boy I used to play with. Ooh, what the fuck? No. So this is the aftermath of the aftermath. No, no. And conclusion. So what happened after the Lutz family ran out of that house on January 14, 1976? Well, George and Kathleen Lutz Lutz went to the newspapers and started to tell everyone their story, and it immediately ran like wildfire all over the U.S., Ronnie DeFeo's attorney, William Weber, actually started to get in the middle of all this because fuck it, why not? Mm -hmm. Uh, If there is something going on in this house and it is demonic and paranormal, then maybe this would help his client. And luckily, at this time, Ronnie was trying to get an appeal. In the end, books and numerous movies were created through the Lutz's story, and from that came the money. People were sued by or were actually suing George Lutz due to what he was going around saying. Obviously, there are plenty of disbelievers out there. Many people believe that George made the whole thing up, and there are no ghosts, there are no demonic pigs, just a family who ended up moving into a very beautiful house with a very sad and horrible past. 
The house is no longer 112 Ocean Avenue, and the entire outside of the residence has been remodeled so that it doesn't look anything like its former self. Ronnie DeFeo, Ronnie DeFeo is still alive and kicking. George and Kathleen Lutz divorced in 1980, but still remained amicable at the time up until both of their deaths. Yeah. The Lutz kids had grown up and are waiting to tell their story on what they believed happened. And no one has heard anything more from the Dutch colonial house located on Ocean Avenue. Wow. And that's it. That's the story of the Amityville house. Jeez. So, that is fucking crazy. I, I mean, that story of that house is uh, very, very sad. But you just never know because people can tell stories. They, you know, they can. Well, dude, not only did they get, like, a, a book. They got a book. Movie. They have several movies. I, did you ever watch that movie with Ryan Reynolds? They, they did a remake of The Amityville House with Ryan Reynolds. No. And I remember specifically because my ha- my cousin had it and I fucking loved it because I thought Ryan Reynolds was like such a fucking badass. Hell and I was yeah. like, damn, boo. But <laughs> it was a really good, a really scary movie. And Ooh, I, I want to watch it. We got to watch it. It's Fuck really yeah. good. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. It's on Amazon Prime, guys. <laughs> Go watch it. But uh, they made a shit ton of money. And, like, I will also watch the documentary of one of the boys from the Lutz family. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one it was, but that I think that, that documentary is also on um, on um, Amazon Prime. And okay. he goes into saying that his dad, which George was actually his stepdad. Oh. It wasn't his real dad. So, um, he said that his stepdad was, like, really fucked up. Like, he was crazy. He was manipulative. Mm -hmm. Like, he was also really into, like, demonic shit. Like, that he was practicing, like, witchcraft and stuff. And, like, he would do demonic things in the house. And, like, he thinks that maybe his dad, his stepdad, had brought something into the house. So. That could have started it all. That could have started it all. Or something could have followed the family. Yeah, that's true. And just kind of just ended up being there. And this was, like, already a cataclysmic house. Like, it was already had so much negative energy that maybe yeah. this, like, just started, like, a, a snowball effect. Yeah. Um, but the kids were really fucked up from it. Like, the Lutz kids, like, they were mm. really fucked up. I mean, they were constantly in the limelight, like, constantly... Yeah um asked to do interviews and like that's why people thought that they were like faking it because they just got so much money from it yeah and like george lutch like till till the day he died Mm -hmm. he swore that everything that he saw everything that happened was a hundred percent true i believe it i i I believe it i don't know all that death that happened in that house i mean i agree was i created from that like a door has been open like that's horrible. That's freaking horrible. It really is. So, I believe I believe what they're saying is true, but you just never know. You never know. Yeah. Honestly, you don't. So this is what is that's what it looks. That's like. the house. They called it High Hopes. That is a big house. It's a big fucking yeah. house. It's really it's nice. nice. It's a nice New York house. Oh, so this is from the Amityville movie the first one mm-hmm. it's supposed to be jody coming in 
And guys, y'all can find this online as well. Yeah. Um, just really just Google it. That's George and that's Kathleen Lutz. Okay. Let me look kind of. George looks kind of weird. I don't know what I mean. This is more of the picture. This is more of the picture. This is that night or that morning that this happened. Dude, I don't know what I would do having to go into that and steal that shit. Uh, This is more of it. That's Ronnie when he was. uh... Doesn't he kind of look like George, though? George. This is Ronnie. This is Ronnie DeFeo. Oh. This is the guy who did the murders. What the heck? What? I thought that was the same guy. Two different dudes. No That's way. George Lutz. And that's Ronnie. I was like, what? Yeah. No. That's his mugshot from when he got picked up. This is Ronnie. I think that's Don. That's, I don't remember what the other kid's name was. But this is John Michael. This is a little boy wow. that they said that they saw. Okay, this is Ed. Uh, this is Lorraine Warren. That's Ed Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're paranormal. They're sitting there talking about it. D- ooh. Ooh. That's the picture of the little boy at the end of the staircase. No. Dude. So that's. Doesn't that. That's supposed to be John no. Michael. That's supposed to be the little boy. Tell me that doesn't kind of look like him, though. I don't think it does, honestly. I think it does. Look at him. I don't think it does. Look at his little face. His nose is big. And then look at the other nose. Oh, maybe. No, that's narrower. I don't know. I don't know. But it is also a side picture, so. I don't know. It's creepy. Okay, you ready for crime scene pictures? Yes. I kind of felt ugly doing this, like, looking at him, because it's just... It's kids. Oh, no. So, this is mom and dad. Whoa. Yeah. This is the bodies coming out of the house. More of the bodies. Uh, This is the compilation of the girl, the boys, and the little girl. Uh, more of the bodies coming out and then the full picture of the house uh, this is the bed where they picked up that little boy Damn. just a blood stain but yeah that's sad that really is I felt really ugly like looking at him because I was yeah. like damn these are dead people just think like this piece of shit right here sitting there with his brothers and his sister and just fucking kills him (sighs) that fucking pisses me off damn uh yeah so that's that's the amityville horror and they try to blame it that he had psychological issues yeah what are you looking at i saw that leaf moving bitch don't fucking scare me yeah (laughs) <laughs> Why? I hate when you look behind me. It freaks me out. Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Don't be scared. So. Wow. Okay. All right. Hey, how do you feel, House? The Amityville House. I need to watch some movies on that. Yeah, you definitely do. Because that's to. a creepy... Because I haven't seen it. No. No. 
Dude, you need to. I've heard of it, obviously, but... It is scary AF. We want to. We have to do that. Yes, we do. All right, guys. Well, that's the Amityville House. Um, I guess we'll end this episode. Yeah. We can end it there. Yeah, end it here. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to us. And please like, share. Like, share, follow. Like, share, follow. And tell us your stories if you have any. Yes. Don't okay. To email. So I have that that Gmail that anybody can can get get onto. Y'all can email us. Tell us your spooky stories. Tell us whatever you got. Um, that email is gonna be ghost. That's g h o s t dot d e m y a s s at gmail dot com. Yes. Please feel free to get in contact with us. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the Amityville house. I did. Ah! God damn it! <laughs> Fucking shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm cussing. Fucking shit. Bye, guys. Bye.